You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And not joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Again, schedules can get difficult and Frank and I were not able to get together after tonight's game. Frank is heartbroken uh, because this will break his streak of if the Bucks win, I will talk. Um, but he is... Uh, unavailable tonight, so that means it is it is all me. I will go ISO here and handle the post game podcast for this one. And uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie is, of course, one of our oldest sponsors here at Lockdown Bucks. They've been around forever with us, so we always try to give you the best information for them. And they're slammed with new betters, so you know if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time on a weeknight, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. That's over at MyBookie, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Locked on 25 is the promo code used to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked on 25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid over at MyBookie. So uh, make sure you head over and do that today. And this is going to be, a, like I said, a, a tough one for Frank to miss because the Bucks did end up winning. But ultimately one that probably would have frustrated Frank in many ways because the Bucks again came out slow before beating the Denver Nuggets 104-98 to move to 12-4 and on the season, now 8-1 and at home. Obviously a bit of a home-heavy schedule, 9 of their first 16 at home. But, you know, if we take if you take care of business at home, then, you know, that's that's okay if it is a home heavy schedule. That that is absolutely what you want to see. So, Bucks win 104.98 and you know, a couple interesting I mean, I think just there's a couple things that stick out from the game. I think first and foremost, you look at the Bucks starting off 7 of 28 from the three-point line. Uh, that was about, I think, midway through the fourth quarter. They go to 7 of 28 from the three-point line. Uh, that would have been the fewest threes they've made in a game this season. They've made nine threes in a game this season. Uh, they won one of those games against the Warriors, uh, and then they lost the other two of those games, uh, once against Memphis and once against once against Boston. So, uh, I mean, these things can obviously go hand in hand. You know, if you make a bunch of threes, you're going to win. And, you know, if you don't make threes, it's going to make it more difficult to win. And obviously that would have been the case tonight, but they end up going four of their, hitting four of their final eight. 
Uh, they end the game 11 of 36 from the three-point line. A little bit more respectable, 30.6% as opposed to 25% as it was. But, you know, there were a couple a couple tough shots in there. And, you know, when you, when you look at the end of that game, it, it's, uh, it's another spot where I thought Eric Bledsoe came up huge. And again, I know there there are the warts that Eric Bledsoe has, and I understand that, you know, I already recorded a solo podcast last week uh, where I was kind of extolling the values of Eric Bledsoe and, and kind of everything that he's been able to do, but, you know, it, it keeps happening. <laughs> and if it keeps happening, well, I mean, you, you kind of need to talk about it, but I just thought he was huge down the stretch once again. Uh, you think about some of the plays that he was able to make. Uh, he obviously has a, a huge three late in this one. Uh, actually, I should say back-to-back threes late in this one. One just outside of clutch time, so uh, you won't see his clutch time percentages go up uh, at all in this one, or because of that one, but he hits that three, uh, 5'11 left, and it was a little bit of that Lopez blood so middle pick and roll. He comes off it and the, the defense goes under and he hits a three to make it 92-89. And then, you know, just a couple seconds later, the Bucks end up setting up a nice play. They get Chris Middleton wide open. Uh, Chris Middleton misses that three. Ball gets tapped around. Giannis is able to get it. It goes uh so he's able to get it then you know there's a jump ball it's just this strange sequence uh where everything's kind of i mean it was par for the course for that game it was ugly it, but somehow the bucks keep coming up with 50 50 balls Giannis wins the the jump ball and then all of a sudden it's another spot where they're looking for Chris Middleton on the block. Uh, even though he was struggling on the night, the Bledsoe throws it in there. He throws it a little bit high. Middleton's able to tip it back out to him, and then Bledsoe drains another three, and the Bucks are up 95-89. And, I mean, they don't really look back from there. Uh, the Nuggets were able to get it down to 198, and we'll talk about what made it 103-98 here in a second. But, you know, it was a, a bunch of stuff from kind of Eric Bledsoe just – just making some plays and you know when when you look at a couple I mean it, it's the same stuff that we keep saying it, it's Bledsoe being willing to take and make big shots uh it's Bledsoe making a play with Giannis in the pick and roll he throws this alley-oop that you know it, Bledsoe has struggled with uh with some of his alley-oops to Giannis, it looked like another one where he had thrown a little bit late, he had thrown a little bit high, he had thrown a little bit behind Giannis, and somehow Giannis reaches up 12 feet in the air and throws it down uh, to take a 192 lead. But even before that, Eric Bledsoe had found a way uh, in that pick-and-roll with Brooke Lopez to bring both defenders over, then kick it over to Lopez, and Lopez hits a big three. And again, it was a spot where, you know, it was one of the first threes the Bucks were had hit late. Obviously, Bledsoe had his two, but outside of Bledsoe, no one else on the team was really making threes. And all of a sudden, Brooke Lopez hits one, and of course, it's an Eric Bledsoe assist. So you kind of run it down. He hits the two threes to make it, uh, to break the tie from 80 
89.89 to make it 92.89, then another three to make it 95.89. Then the Nuggets are able to get a bucket, uh, an and a one for Jokic, then Bledsoe assists on the Lopez three that makes it 98.92. He assists on the Giannis alley-oop that makes it 192. And, you know, he just finds a way to make plays down the stretch. And, you know, that's kind of what this Bucks team always needs at times. Like, they, they need people that can do that, especially on a night where, um, you know, we do always say, well, you know, for Giannis standards, he was struggling. But, you know, even for Giannis, I, this was kind of tough night for him. 29 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals. Um, still had the 4 turnovers. 0 of 6 from the three-point line, 13 of 25 overall from the field. Um, you know, just not the the best of nights that we've seen from him. 3 of 6 from the free-throw line as well. And Middleton was 4 of 15 on the night, 1 of 8 from the three-point line. Uh, we'll get to that one here in a second. Brooke Lopez, 3 for 10. Malcolm Brogdon, 5 for 11, struggled again tonight. And there is just... In the middle of it all, Eric Bledsoe, 23 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 8 for 10 from the field, 3 of 4 from the three-point line. Uh, struggled at the line, 4 of 9 from the foul line, which which you never want to see, but you know, just found a way to have an efficient night. And in the end, essentially, he finds a way to go out there and, and win this game for the Bucks. And I, I just think, again and again, it, it does really become kind of impressive to watch him find a way and I think one thing I'm I'm kind of curious about going forward is uh you know we we've kind of talked about we did our over under pod and we talked about you know how one and a half all-stars and you know essentially is Chris Middleton going to be an all-star is he going to be uh you know the the other guy uh that finds his way into the all-star game and and he's slumped a little bit as of late he's still averaging uh 19.7 points per game five rebounds per game four assists per game uh so he still is putting up those kind of numbers um it looks like uh, the numbers I'm finding on both ESPN.com and Basketball Reference haven't quite updated yet. Um, but, you know, Middleton's been slumping a little bit as of late, and then Bledsoe's picked it up. And, you know, overall, Bledsoe's numbers haven't been incredible. Um, but, you know, it's going to be 15 points, six assists, five rebounds, uh, and solid defense. And, you know, I, I do kind of start to wonder uh, – you know, the best teams sort of find a way to get all-stars on on the team. And I'm curious, you know, if Eric Bledsoe now has uh, an outside chance at, at being an all-star this year. Because, you know, you look at the top of the Eastern Conference and the, the really strong teams that are there. And, you know, we recorded a podcast the other day that talked about the Celtics and the Sixers and the Raptors. And, you know, going through the Celtics, well... Like Kyrie Irving, probably an all-star. Then do they have another one on the roster at the moment? You know, maybe the the popular vote vote carries one of those guys. But, I mean, I don't know. Is Jason Tatum going to find his way into it? Is Gordon Hayward going to find his way into it? Is Al Horford going to find his way into it? I don't know if he will. Then you look at the Raptors. I mean, I think you have have Kawhi Leonard, who's a clear all-star 
Kyle Lowry's been plugging along. I think even on reputation, he'll, he'll get in. So you have that. And then you look at the Sixers, you know, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. You look at uh, also in the Eastern Conference, Kemba Walker. But, you know, I think I think after all of that, it gets, it gets a little bit hazy. And you, you do, you know, there might be some spots at the end of the roster and... You know, maybe Eric Bledsoe can find his way into that conversation. I don't, I don't know if it's possible, um, but we'll see. And you know, maybe Jimmy Butler for the Sixers as well. Don't want to forget about him. Obviously, just traded there. But you know, do they get three? Do the Sixers get three? Or you know, maybe the Bucks get three. I, I don't know. It's. I think it's gonna be really interesting to watch. And I think, you know, if Bledsoe keeps playing within himself and finding a way, um, you know, maybe he he won't get the the initial vote but you know maybe he gets a coach's vote and you know if the bucks have the best record in the east which they're not all that far off of at the moment well then you know maybe mike boonholzer is the coach and he's got to find an injury replacement and well he finds his point guard and that's his injury replacement so i i I don't know I, i don't know what happens but you know i just think bledsoe has been great thus far for this team and again like i said i know i've already recorded a podcast just like this before but um i think it bears repeating just how important he has been to this team thus far this season and i think if you're trying to make money uh you know betting on on games i think something that could be really important to you this season is my bookie and it's it's obviously a service that we've had support from for years now uh you've heard me do a bunch of these reads and you know that they just end up being a trustworthy spot every single time and uh over the years they've been someone that supports us so we want you to go out and support them so right now they are slammed with new betters and they want to give everyone the best service possible so if you're willing to to deposit after 7 p.m eastern time for the first time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKDOWN25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKDOWN25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. If you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can get an extra $25 free play by using promo code LOCKEDON25. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take the extra money. You play, you win, you get paid over at MyBookie. Now, moving on to the rest of this game, uh, we'll talk about Giannis here in a little bit because I, I just thought his his third quarter was sublime. And we can talk about that. Chris Middleton, rough night for him. <laughs> You know, it's nice to to look at the stat line and see zero turnovers, but it's not so nice to look at the stat line and see 415 shooting, to see one of eight from the three-point line. And, you know, I think the the play you kind of circle for him is, well, I, I shouldn't say that. The, the number you circle is, you know, five assists to go along with zero turnovers. That's obviously uh, quite helpful. But, you know, I think the, the one play you circle for him is the three that he hits late. It's 198 bucks go to uh, a Giannis Middleton pick and roll. Giannis has the ball. Middleton goes and sets a screen for him, and he pops. And Giannis delivers a pass to him that, you know, I think – 
as you're watching, it's like, okay, Chris is struggling a little bit, but you know, that's the right play. And Chris is, I would assume is going to have the confidence to knock this down. Even though he was missing, he was continuing to take good catch and shoot looks and Middleton doesn't do that. And instead lets Wancho Hernan Gomez kind of get close to him and get in, I don't want to say get in his face, but you know, get in good defending position. The shot clock is running down and Middleton kind of, you know, just squares him up, takes a look at him, takes one dribble with the right hand, a little bit of a jab step, step back, fader, boom, 103-98, Middleton hits that, and, you know, choo-choo, back on the Tough Shot Express, you know your conductor well, it's Chris Middleton, and, I mean, it was just another spot where, you're thinking, no, 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 no. Okay, great shot. Uh, because it looked like a bad one. It looked like it was going to be forced, and and somehow Middleton gets it to go in. And, you know, that is, that is again and again this year kind of what we've seen from all these guys. You know, we've seen Giannis struggle. We've seen Chris struggle. We've seen Bledsoe struggle. We've seen all those guys struggle, and then yet late in games, they've made some, some really big plays. And, uh you know, we talked about point differential last year and, you know, how the Bucks ended up being being able to, you know, squeak out some close games and do well in those situations. And a lot of the time that's predicated on one-on-one talent that can make plays, that can just find a way. And, you know, we've seen that in some of the close games that they've played this year. Obviously, the Bucks haven't played many close games uh, because they've done so well in so many of these games. But, you know, in the ones that were close, they've been they've been pretty good. Like you, you look at this win over the Grizzlies, or excuse me, you look at this win over the Nuggets. You look at their previous win against the Nuggets. That game got tight, and they were able to find a way in that one. They obviously beat the Hornets in a one point game. Uh, I mean, the the only real time where it's kind of I mean, it's kind of been ugly is obviously that Clippers game. And then, uh, again, that Grizzlies game, you end up losing by three points and just not finding a way in those games. But, uh, you know, for the most part, in the clutch, this team has kind of come through no matter who it is, whether it's it's Giannis, it's Chris, or it's Bledsoe. So a uh, big shot there from Chris Middleton. Now, third quarter, Giannis scores over, his ha- over half his points tonight in the third quarter. He has 15 in the period for the night, he has 29 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, two steals on 13 of 25 shooting, 0 for six from three. And, you know, I, I, you just look at that third quarter, and <laughs> I think quarters like that is what makes it so easy for all of us to say, oh man, you know, he's just, you know, he's not quite right this year. He's struggling a little bit because you see quarters like that where it's just so damn easy. And it doesn't make it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't make sense that it could really be that easy for any player in the NBA, let alone uh, you know a Milwaukee Bucks player, uh, because you know that just doesn't seem like the the type of thing that that has happened to this Bucks team that the Bucks have been able to to find over the years. Like it just doesn't tend to happen like that in. You know, instead, they do have a guy like that, and you just, you marvel at kind of all of the things that he can do because, you know, there's there's the play against Plumlee where 
he's backing down a center. He pivots a couple times and then he throws it on him on with his left hand. Like I, I said it the first time this team played, but that's a center. It's a center that that's that's supposed to be someone that is bigger and stronger than Giannis, and not someone that he should be able to bully and put under the rim. And that's exactly what he does. And it's just it's just such a tough shot. And you know he does the same thing to Paul Millsap, where he backs him down. He spins to the baseline, he steps through, and he throws a dunk on his head. And you're just thinking like. How is it possible for this player to get there? And, you know, it was something I'd kind of asked Mike Malone about before the game, but Giannis has 18 points in the paint per game. Uh, I think that's what the number is right now. And, you know, when you think of guys like that, Frank brought this point up when he was talking about the pace of, of Giannis's dunks, like, you just shouldn't be able to get to those spots as easily as Giannis can. And when I asked Mike Malone about it, he said, I asked, you know, just like kind of how unique is that talent? How do you, how do you even try to think about it? How do you try to stop it? Like, what do you, how do you sum that up? And he said, you know, for me, it's not that difficult because, you know, I coached for five years in Cleveland with, with a guy named LeBron and LeBron kind of found a way to get to the spots he wanted to get to when he wanted to get to those spots and he was still able to finish and you know I think in some ways we've kind of seen Giannis struggle with some of the same things that we saw LeBron struggle with where you know at times LeBron has struggled with guys flopping has struggled with offensive fouls because you know maybe his his post game wasn't quite sophisticated enough. He, he wasn't quite sure how to operate down there. And I just think with Giannis, you've seen him master a number of those skills. Like it, you, you think of early LeBron, you think of, you know, maybe some bad jumpers, uh, some bad mid range twos. And Giannis certainly does some of that, but you just think about his footwork, his patience, you know, just kind of the, the new way that he just pivots around and pivots around and then dunks on people. And it's, it's wholly unique. It's not, it's not normal. And it's such a a strange topic to talk about because, you know, when you see Giannis play, he's seven feet tall, he's long, he's athletic, he keeps people off balance. It, it looks like, okay, yeah, it makes sense that this guy can do that, but it isn't normal. And, you know, I, I thought that third quarter was just one of those quarters where it's like, well, okay, sure. <laughs> like Giannis is, is just kind of taking over and, and is going to do this right now. And uh, you just see like Paul Millsap bounce off of him. Like that, that's, that's crazy. Paul Millsap is, is a strong guy and it's not the first time that we've seen that. So, um, you know, I, I just thought that third quarter, it was one of those force of nature Giannis quarters. And I do think those type of quarters kind of screw up our perception of what Giannis is and isn't because you see those quarters and you think he's great. 
he can do this all the time. Look at how easy it is in those quarters. He should be able to do this all the time. And uh, it just, I think it really screws with your perceptions of what's real, what's normal uh, for him and what he can do. And uh, I just, like I said, I thought he was sublime in that third quarter and just kind of took over the game and got the Bucks back in it. They obviously outscored the Nuggets 32-21 in that quarter and kind of flipped the game. They're able to take a one-point lead going into the fourth and then hold off the Nuggets with the 26-21 fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, just another great game from Giannis in, in another spot where he just shows off kind of how great he is and how impactful he can be. So, um, just... just <laughs> Really unique stuff from Giannis. All right. Last thing I wanted to talk about tonight before kind of letting it all go is you look at this roster and, you know, there's just kind of been, it's kind of been some struggles from, from other people. Uh, tonight, you you really saw Mike Boonholzer lean in on the starters. The starters were the unit that brought them back in the third quarter. I think they ended up playing the first six or eight minutes of the period, all five starters. And, you know, you, you kind of see that reflected in their minutes total. And I do think this team in some ways is struggling with trying to figure out, you know, what what they are now that John Henson is out now that Dante DiVincenzo is out. Um, and again, I don't think either of those guys are great players. I don't think John Henson is perfect. Uh, I don't think that Dante DiVincenzo is, is the best wing that they have or anything like that. But, you know, one thing, you know, I think you can kind of credit those guys for is, you know, taking the shots that happen within the system, keeping the system moving, uh, you know, not kind of stalling things out and, and just kind of fitting in. And I think the Bucks have struggled a little bit trying to figure out, you know, what rotations are going forward. The other night, I think Ursan uh, only played nine or ten minutes. Tonight, he's back up to 19. Uh, had two threes, which when when the team was seven of 28, uh, that that was pretty big that, that he did have those threes. Uh, I think Pat Connaughton was very good again. Uh, 18 minutes for him, five points, three rebounds, two assists, one of two from three. Uh, Tony Snell, mm, quiet. But ultimately, one of three from the three-point line, three points. Sterling Brown in six minutes. I think he's really struggled to find a way to be impactful. Uh, Thom Maker plays just four minutes, uh, and that's that's your bench production. So um, just not a, a ton there. And you know maybe they will figure some of these th- these things out. And you, you know you'll you'll need them to because. John Henson isn't coming back for a while. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo out now, and, you know, maybe he will come back soon. But, you know, they do have to figure out these roles and kind of how all of this works. And, you know, I think the other guy that you think about when you think of, you know, how will these roles work, how do, how does this all work, is, is Malcolm Brogdon. He, he's 5'11 from the field tonight, 13 points, 3 assists, 8 rebounds, uh, 3 turnovers for him, 1 or 2 from the 3-point line. And, you know, I just thought we we've kind of talked through all of the things that can be uh, at times frustrating about Brogdon and the way that he plays. And, you know, I think a number of those things came through tonight. Uh, I think we saw him, we saw the ball stick with him quite a bit. Uh, that That is just something uh, that, that we've kind of come to see. And 
I think it can be really frustrating to watch. Uh, you know, I thought there was there's a couple different plays that stick out to me, but you know, one was in the first half of the game, Giannis running down the middle of the floor, Brogdon missing him initially. And again, like, I mean, it, it would, it, it would have been a difficult pass. It probably would have been like free throw line to free throw line, but you know, Giannis had a couple steps on Paul Millsap, but I think he can throw it out there and see if he can go out there and get it and make a play. Uh, he decided not to do that in the second half. He tried one in the exact same situation to Chris Middleton and he airmailed it. And you know, that possession where he didn't throw it to Giannis, it turned into him dribbling the ball for a long time, ultimately trying to go to the basket, getting blocked, having the ball go out of bounds off of him, and, you know, losing a possession where, you know, maybe you could have had a Giannis dunk. So I think all of those things with Malcolm Brogdon, that kind of keep coming. Like, he does find a way to get to the basket and do some scoring, but also the way that he does find a way to do that is dribbling the ball a lot kind of just pounding the air out of the ball as he probes, as he surveys. And, you know, I think the moments where Malcolm Brogdon is really helpful to this team, and Mike Boonholzer mentioned one of them postgame was, you know, on one of the first plays of the the second half, Brogdon sees his defender closing in. He quickly drives, and he's able to get a straight-line drive, and he's able to get a finish. And, you know, all of those things were kind of created by other ball movement where we're able to be created by kickouts so that, you know, the, the time where things don't go well for Malcolm Brogdon is when he's dribbling around a lot. And there are times, don't get me wrong, where he's able to find success in those spots where he is able to find a creative angle, uh, to find a step to somehow get to the basket. But there's also times where those turn into drives that get stuffed. Those turn into uh, shots that get swatted that those turn into uh turnovers and i think that's that's the big thing is that i thought he really had a nice stretch of play about a week or so ago um i think even before he was scoring like 20 a night where he just did the the things that you wanted he he really found i thought a nice rhythm where he was aggressive and attacking when he caught the ball uh but beyond that he wasn't trying to do too much he wasn't trying to uh you know find his own way he was just kind of taking what the defense gave him and i thought he was playing really good basketball and now he's kind of leaned back into that other stuff again and you know he's i think he's just got to find a way to uh you know, play, play within the system. And I think the system has been so helpful to him and that system has just fits him. It gives him that extra step. It, it leverages his three point shooting. And I think there's a lot there for this to work. Like he just has to find a way to get rid of some of those bad habits and, you know, keep replacing him keep replacing them with good habits. So we'll see if he can do that going forward. All right, that's going to be it for us for tonight. Uh, I'm sure Frank will have some thoughts on the game and have some more thoughts for us on the Portland game, which again, Buck's schedule keeps not doing them any favors uh, as they get to see the Portland Trailblazers again. So that'll be their game on Wednesday, uh, but we'll preview that game for you tomorrow and we'll talk maybe a little bit more about this game uh, and talk about other things. So we'll do all of that when Frank returns 
That episode, though, will not be brought to you by MyBookie like today's episode is. Uh, but over at MyBookie, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON25 to get up to $1,000 in free play when you head over to MyBookie. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E right now. If you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play by using the promo code LOCKEDON25. You play, you win, you get paid at MyBookie. So for Frank, I'm Eric. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.